But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking with them the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the entrance to the tomb, but when they went inside, they didn't find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles, but their words seemed to them an idle tale. But Peter got up, and he ran to the tomb, and stooping and looking inside, he saw the linen cloths lying there by themselves, and he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. So I heard an interesting story on This American Life podcast, NPR show, recently about a guy from Queensland, Australia, who calls himself the Coffin Confessor. Did anyone else hear this story? His name is Bill, and he was actually a private investigator by trade before he picked up this side gig some time ago that led to a new, much more curious job title. What's cooler than being a private investigator, you ask? Well, this guy was investigating some financial matters for a client who, unbeknownst to Bill at the time, was dying of a terminal illness. And as they became friendlier and friendlier and talked more, got to know each other better, his client made an offhand comment about how he had some things he'd wish he could say at his funeral for everyone to hear. He explained that he'd thought about making a video of himself saying everything he wanted to say to whoever showed up at his funeral, but that he suspected his family probably wouldn't play it. Bill, just trying to be funny, suggested that he could crash his client's funeral for him and say whatever it was that he wanted to say. And so the coffin confessor was born. So when his client, who is now his friend, died, Bill showed up at the funeral not knowing a soul in the church. When the dead guy's best friend got up to give the eulogy, Bill stood up from his pew to interrupt him as he was instructed, contracted, and paid to do. And because he's from Australia, it's more interesting and fun to hear Bill tell about it. 
So listen. It was, a, it was a blur to start with. I mean, I was sweating profusely. And uh, I've got to say, it was, uh, you've got your, your time on your phone, you know, and I'm looking at the clock and I'm thinking, okay, his mate's about to do the eulogy. And I knew I had to get up within one minute, two minutes most uh-huh. uh, to interrupt the eulogy. And his, his best mate stands up and he starts, you know, blubbering and telling everybody how much he loves his best mate and starts talking about uh, a certain particular time that they shared. And it was that moment I looked at my clock and I went, oh, it's, it's nearly two minutes. And I'm, in that church, they were like long pews mm-hmm. and they were, they were timber. So when you stood up or you even moved, you know, they, all, they made a sound. And, yeah, uh, when I stood up, yeah, it made a sound. And obviously everyone just looked straight at you, you know. I, I froze, see, honestly. I stood up and I just stood there and went, okay. Well, since we're in church, I have to stop it there. <laughs> because what Bill had to say and the words he had to use are a little much for some of you on Easter Sunday morning. (laughs) The short of the long is that the man Bill interrupted, the dead man's best friend, had tried to sleep with his friend's wife while his friend was dying. And Bill's job, the coffin confessor, was to call him out for it in front of God and everyone at his funeral. Bill was also asked to tell the dead man's brother to take a hike that day in much more colorful language for not being around or available to him or to his family for the past 30 years. So the coffin confessor did his job, said his piece on behalf of the deceased, folded up the letter from which he'd been reading, laid it on the casket, and walked out of the church. The dead man's wife and daughter appreciated what he had done and thanked him for it later. A relative of the dead man who was also terminally ill found it so meaningful she hired him to do something similar at her own funeral. (laughs) And so did others. And so a star, or at least a new career, was born. See, Bill found himself crashing funerals, and he's been doing it ever since for anywhere between two and $10,000. And for all kinds of reasons, some big, some small, some petty, some profound, some good, some bad, some funny, some sad, is the way Bill described it. At another funeral, Bill was hired to air some dirty laundry about about an affair between neighbors, Another time, an atheist asked Bill to let everyone know that the religious funeral they were participating in at the moment that he just knew his parents were going to put together on his behalf was nothing he ever would have wanted. Another time, Bill helped a dead, muscled, tattooed biker come out of the closet as bisexual to a room full of other muscled, tattooed, very surprised bikers just like him. Once, a dying man asked Bill to apologize to his ex-wife 
and to let her know how much she meant to him. More than once, Bill has surprised a dead person's family with a surprise windfall of money that they never knew was coming. So the coffin confessor made me think about Easter and what brings us here today, not because of this good news and how it might surprise or inspire us to have said on our behalf at our respective funerals when we're dead and gone, but because of how our faith in what brings us here today, even if that faith is small, how that might inspire all that we have to say and to do on this side of the grave differently so that it matters for us, so that it matters for the world right here and right now while we are still living. What I mean is God doesn't want us to wait to start telling the truth. God doesn't want us to wait to start living our truth, to start living into the fullness of who we are. Yes, the good news of Easter is about life after death and resurrection on the other side of eternity, whatever in the world that means for you or for me or for any of us as believers. But precisely because of that promised eternity, this good news this gospel of new life matters just as much here and now if we really let the truth of it have its way with us. Because of God's overwhelming grace, I mean, we don't have to wait until after we die to be generous with our time or with our talents or with our treasures. Because of God's abundant mercy, I mean, we don't have to wait until we're dead to seek justice for ourselves or for others in this world. Because of God's promised love, you don't have to wait to come out of the coffin, as it were. Come out of the closet now for crying out loud and live and love as God created you to live and to love. Because of Easter's good news, we are called to apologize now to offer forgiveness now, to extend mercy now, to share grace now on this side of the grave with the people for whom it can still matter and for whom it can still make a difference in this world. Bill, the coffin confessor, provides a valuable service, it seems, for which there is a growing market, apparently. He's written a book. He's in conversation about a movie. There's talk of a reality TV show, of course. And the appeal of it, as he describes, is that mic drop moment the moment he gets to deliver on behalf of the deceased, when the dead have their say, when the deceased get the last word, when he walks out of a funeral leaving all sorts of emotions, good, bad, happy, or sad, in his wake. But Easter reminds us that God always gets the last word when it comes to life and death in this world and the next. 
And because God's last word is always something about grace and mercy and forgiveness and peace and new life, and because God's last word proclaims victory over death and forgiveness of sins and life everlasting, because our coffin confessor is Jesus of Nazareth, crucified and risen for the sake of the world, our lives on this side of it all, right here and right now, can be more honest and more truthful, more fulfilled and more life-giving, more holy and more hopeful, and much more like the paradise we long for, like the eternity that belongs to those who've gone before us already, and like the heaven that will be ours whenever the time comes. Thanks be to God. Amen. Alleluia. Happy Easter.